This is Dave of Live Life Loud, the Decibolic Podcast, and you're listening to Pods Like Us with Marv. Welcome to Pods Like Us. I'm Marty Cordell, known to my friends as Marv, and this time I'm speaking with Adam, Tori and Eric from the podcast Source Spoken, and I have to make sure that I say that correctly so I don't get tongue-tied. Thank you, guys. <laughs> thanks for being here. Absolutely. Thanks for having us. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks a lot. So um, what attracted you to the idea of doing a show that's about uh, testing sources? and condiments adam i think it's your sure ballgame. yeah i'll go first with my answer i uh, i think it was kind of i had wanted i've been wanting to do a podcast for a while and i was trying to rope these guys into uh doing one with me and we hadn't quite settled on a topic and i know that all three of us like to uh cook a little bit you know we'll do we'll hang out with each other pretty pretty often pretty regularly us and uh some of our other friends and we'll usually cook some dinner and eat together. So I think we all have a love of food and sauces to go along with them. And I think the other main key thing that really sold it for me was I came across a sauce in the grocery store one time that we've had on our podcast. And I really wanted to try the sauce, but I didn't have a reason to buy it. And it didn't seem like something I would normally use otherwise. So I was like, well, I got to find a reason to try this. And this is kind of what we landed on. And yes, he roped I- us in successfully after all. <laughs> right. I mean, when it came to Adam, yeah, brought up the idea of doing sauces and I just, you know, kind of went with it. And, but I was, I was also interested in, in the topic, you know, I thought it'd be neat to try new stuff and uh, new sauces. There's always, there's always an endless supply of sauces. It seems down the aisle in the grocery store. So um, we wouldn't be lacking for content. Tori. Oh yeah, I mean, uh, w- with podcast, I was sort of a, a noob uh, to be to be very very frank with you. I, I didn't really know too much about them, and uh, yeah, he approached me with it, and uh, I was on board. Uh, yeah, you know, I did a little bit of talking in a, in a semi professional realm, um, so it sort of came natural to me in in in, in, a, in a weird sort of way. And uh, I guess it's sort of like riding a bike. Maybe you know, you you never forget it. But, uh, but yeah, so, uh, so that was that. And it was a pretty easy sell, I, I think, as, as far as, as far as I was concerned, I, I was on board with it. 
Tori's being modest. He has prior radio experience. Okay. Should, should I go into that, or do you want me to leave that alone, Tori? Oh, ask away. Yeah. I mean, if you have a quite, yeah, by all means, I'm an open book. Go on then. What, what what's your past experience with the radio, then, Tori? Uh, I did 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 some in, internship uh, work at uh, some small radio stations. They were uh, AM stations. I don't know what is in Europe, um, but yeah, they were small little AM stations, which is a lot of oldies rock, a lot of talk radio, uh, certainly a lot of talk radio. But yeah, I did a little, little bit of copy, a little bit of advertising work for for all those stations, and uh, yeah, it was a really good experience. It was a it was a nice thing. Well, the talk radio would help because I mean, uh, I think that's the closest that uh, normal uh, commercial radio has to podcasting. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. I think it's fair to say. It definitely shows because Tori definitely has like the best podcasting slash radio voice and diction. I think he, that's why he does our intros for us and our outro for that matter. Yeah. But like you were saying before we, before we started recording, um, all three of you have distinctive voices anyway, that I think is really helpful for listeners because um, if you have your have voices that are too similar, people can probably not realize who is who. And I think a good thing about podcasts is that you, it's strange because it's like, you don't really know each other in the real world yourselves and the audience, but it's like you get, you get used to those people and you know, those people through the radio show, should we say. So they, they sort of like attach themselves to each individual host and know who they are from that, you know, in whatever way that they can through the show. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And I was initially a little concerned about that because it's hard to tell how different you are going to sound until you've done some recording you can hear. But I do think that we are, you know, distinct enough. Uh, sometimes when we have guests on, it can be a little bit trickier if we have too many people talking without a, without a video presence, but I think it does. I think it comes across pretty well most times. So it is an interesting one. I've never asked anybody. What was it like the first time that any of you actually heard yourselves? Cause that is very strange. That's a, you know, that's a very good question. I know like when I was in high school, even we would sometimes do, uh, like class projects where we had to do video recordings. And I remember that that was like my first experience. Where I was like, wow, you sound so strange. And I know our guest that we just had on a couple episodes ago, I don't think has heard himself. Uh, AK mm. has heard himself recording much. And I think he was really alarmed at how different he sounded, but uh, I don't know about you guys. I distinctly remember being in middle school when I, uh, you know, yeah, again, like class projects and whatnot that I've, heard myself talk before it, it's it's strange it's not something i really liked uh <laughs> that's for sure still don't but that's all right and uh <laughs> i um did a little bit of audio engineering and whatnot in, in college just to just a one little course so um you know have some experience a little bit with editing and and talking into a microphone but certainly not my uh not my day job <laughs> tori yeah certainly not my first time uh, I heard myself on the radio, but oddly enough, I was in the restroom of the radio that I was working at at the time. And I was standing at the urinal and one of my commercials, I think it was for a, uh, a car dealership or a racetrack or it had something to do with cars. I forget. This was several years ago. But yeah, I was sitting there and I was doing my my thing at the urinal and I heard my own voice. So again, it wasn't the first time I've ever heard my voice, but it was it was nice to hear in a 
professional sense. And, you know, you know, you're listening to the radio. Of course, they're going to play their own radio station, you know, everywhere throughout the building. And, uh, and yeah, so that was, that was a wild experience. Thankfully, no accidents. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad you elaborated on that because when you said that you heard yourself while you were in the urinal, I was starting to get images of you having a radio mic while you were going to the toilet and you switched on. Well, hey, you never know. It's a good thing you got the camera on to prove I'm not in a commode. (laughs) That actually happened in a band I was in. The the singer actually had a radio mic attached to him because he didn't have a proper microphone. So he had one of these clip-on mics attached to his his lapel and didn't realise that it was still there when he went to the toilet. Everybody could hear him over the uh, <laughs> over the PA going to the toilet and singing to himself while he was going to the toilet. Oh, wow. <laughs> A little encore. <laughs> and then when he came back in, everybody applauded. Oh, perfect. <laughs> perfect. Good. <laughs> oh, dear. G'day, g'day. This is Matty C from the Astros Fantasy Football Podcast way down in Australia. And we love getting to listen to Marv meet new podcasters from all over the world here on the Pods Like Us podcast. So how do you actually get hold of the sources for the show? Do you end up having to pay for them or do, some, do you sometimes get them for free? Uh, well, so generally speaking, uh, what normally happens is one of, the, one of us will go purchase them either from a local grocery store or like online through Amazon. Uh, we don't really want to have, we've joked about this before. We don't really want to have a sponsorship type thing because we want to have total autonomy over what we are able to say. So we don't want to, uh, if someone did want to sponsor us, that was like a sauce company that would have to have some pretty strict terms on it. Uh, so we don't generally get anything for free. Really, the only thing we have gotten for free is when other people give us stuff to taste. So for example, I've been uh, gifted some sauces by my dad. I know we had another guest uh, that actually actually from the United Kingdom sent us some sauces that we tasted. Yeah. And uh, Eric, I think some of your family has given sauces. Family right? and, the, and the local... Uh, well, there's a one local place I went to go and buy a sauce. And when I was there, turned out the person was making his own uh, hot sauces. So he gave me a couple of his just just thinking that we would just try them, not even put them on the show. And uh, we ended up doing a little bonus show on the side there that highlighted his hot sauces. So that was pretty cool. I yeah. think that's the closest we've come to like a company actually giving us a sauce to try. Okay. Eric's actually... Uh... We'll go to a later point now because Eric's just sort of made me think about this. Have any of you actually ever made your own uh, sauces or condiments? Mm. Uh, yeah, I know we've really loosely touched on this a couple times on the show. I really like to cook. Uh, so I have regularly made kind of like my own sauces. Um, I, I Sometimes I'll give them fun names. I know one time I made one that I was calling a shouting sauce, which <laughs> was kind of like a barbecue sauce that was spiced up a little bit with uh, some bourbon and I think a couple other things. But I, I make, you know, I do a lot of cooking, so nothing that I'm going to stamp my own uh, mark on as a creation necessarily. Uh, we did do one experiment recently but before we get into that i'll say you guys uh, want to talk about your sauce making experience yeah i mean again i like to cook and um this is you know something that 
my mom, my mom actually had some sauces that she passed down the recipes for. So I've actually had a, like a, a strict, you know, guided sauce that um, we actually did try on the show. I think we called it dog sauce or they like to joke with me, call me, call it my famous dog sauce. Yep. <laughs> it's, um, you know, other than that, I, yeah, I just like to cook and follow recipes, which obviously you, you're making your own, you know, developing your own sauce and while you're cooking. So well, oftentimes, yeah, I don't like to cook that much I, I don't know i like to grill we'll put it that way a lot of ingredients and stuff that that throws me off so just give me some meat and some fire and and we'll be ready to roll but as far as uh yeah, I, I like to keep it simple man you know i just the other day i had a pot roast with some greek yogurt and horseradish two ingredients i mean don't get me wrong the poor the poor the pot roast was out of this world you know i guess you could have put something really nasty on it you know and still could have been good but yeah, I, I just like to keep it keep it simple uh, for for the most part. I don't do nearly as much cooking as as these guys do. But you do grow your own horseradish. I do. Yes, that is that's accurate. That was is, this horseradish true. that you used? Was that from your garden? No, no, I got a little lazy, and I I haven't harvested it. But, but you have uh, made that for us previously before. Oh yeah, yeah, I've had pounds and pounds come through that backyard at you know throughout the years. If you grow it, you could make some money on to selling it. Oh yeah. It grows like a weed. I mean, <laughs> yes. you need a, you need a chunk about the size of a quarter and it, your yard will be overgrown in a couple of years. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Just a little chunk of root and it's gone. That's giving me. <laughs> you all seem to have a great rapport when you're on the show. So I'm guessing that you've, you've known each other for a long time. Yeah, I would say, uh, I think it kind of started all back in around 2013. I want to say that was yeah. when I first moved to Pittsburgh. And actually at the time, all three of us were working at the home Depot, which is a home improvement store, yeah. DIY store. Yeah, and, uh, I know Tori and I actually worked in the same department. We worked in the paint department and Eric, I think you were bouncing around in hardware. Yeah, I was in hardware at that. Yeah, I was in hardware at that time. <clears throat> but I think we've all known each other since then. And that was kind of how we all met. I know Tori and I, uh, we started hanging out pretty early on. And it took a little bit while, a little while longer for Eric to uh, to join in on that. But that's where we all know each other from originally. Yeah, it's kind of funny. I actually, I know Tori was in the building, um, but we never really hung out or or. Uh, cross you know, paths. I don't think, paths yeah, I don't think I've, really, I've seen yeah. it even that much. A big department store like that. He's on garden and I'm in hardware yeah, and we just never really, <laughs> you know, it's actually interesting because if my memory serves me correctly, uh, so Tori's wife also worked in, she wasn't his wife at the time. Yeah, that's where I met my wife. Obviously. Yeah. But too, she yeah. worked in the paint department with us too. Mm -hmm. And I don't think, I don't think Eric started coming over to your house until you actually already left Home Depot, Tori. <laughs> oh yeah. I was gone. Well, yeah. Right. Well gone. Yeah. And actually, oh, yeah. I think I'm pretty sure the first first time I got to really meet Tori was through his wife. Uh, I was working with Amy and we you know, said, hey, we should hang out outside of work. And so I came over to Tori's house That's without right. even knowing who the guy was. Now we play board games on a regular basis. Yeah, yeah that was kind do, of the crux. A, show. Yeah. Yeah. That was what it all kind of brought it together. There was we all started playing board games and it grew from there. What board games, you know, in, interesting because I'm a board games addict. Oh, Too many boy, to list. Name it. Here he is right here. This is your man right in the middle, Eric. I, well, we started with uh, Settlers of Catan that first yep. evening. And um, yeah, we've just been 
playing gosh all kinds of board games ever since we like our card games a lot um let's see here we've done of course ticket to ride uh, it's another good entry board game yeah i mean you name it card games we've played hearts we've played all types of of, of goofy you know just standard card games we get into what dice city we like a lot dice yeah. City's a fair um, favorite uh, unearthed is really good on our well some people like that we one. like we like uh uh, Simon games like rum and bones that's a good one uh blood rage is what we just played last week yeah so i don't know if you ever heard of blood rage or maybe not i have i have heard okay. but, uh one of my previous guests who's a friend of mine sam wheatley who's not a podcaster but he does listen to podcasts he listens to podcasts that are about board games oh nice there, there are some out there where they talk about they go into deep detail about about board games and explain them to you and what the what games they're playing, how they play the games, the rules of the games, and everything. And it, yeah, so he's getting me. He's sending me some time to listen to actually to try and get into them. Because um, I was going to say in passing, uh, it's great that you know you can go to Own Depot for for a sky blue paint, and you come back with a wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean it's yeah. funny. I, I make the joke that I got everything out of uh, I wanted, I could possibly want out of the Home Depot. I have. Enough home improvement knowledge to be dangerous, and I found the love of my life. So, you know, I made a little money on the side, and boy, I, I, I couldn't have asked for for a lot more. If you would have told me when I was in the slog of working there on some rainy, snowy February afternoon that I would be this satisfied with the experience overall, I would have told you you're crazy. But funny how things work, I guess. It does also bear mentioning that I also dated two girls from the paint department, <laughs> not at the same time. It's a meat market out there, Mark. It's, <laughs> but, pretty, uh, it's ridiculous. Yeah, they used to they used to call it what was it the the marriage program or something like that, the Home Depot dating yeah, program Home or Depot, something. Yeah, because so Depot many dating. people that work there single end up together at some point, except for Eric. Right. So, yeah, I don't know if that's true, but all right, whatever. Hey, still could happen. Where's me Is that Sam? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Dear me. Sorry. So, Avi, Jim, you go on. Uh, sorry, was that was that Sam Healy from Dice Tower, you say? Was that you interviewed? Sam Weekly. He's, oh, he's Weekly. just a listener. Okay. He doesn't do uh, he doesn't actually do a podcast, he just listens to podcasts. Okay. Eric's on a first name basis with anyone that makes board games. So. Well, it's funny <laughs> when you asked about like, you know, podcasts in general and like any experience, like uh there are definitely content creators in the board game industry that I like to follow on YouTube and whatnot. So yeah. And I'll, and, and podcasts as well. So yeah, that's cool. Cool. Uh, I mean, I can send, I can send his uh, Insta, Insta account details to, uh, to Tory later yeah, and you can get in touch with him about, about board games. Cause he is, he's mad, mad about board games. He loves them so much. So have you each got a top three sources that you like, or are you saving that for a future episode? Uh, that's really interesting. That's a, that's a tough one. So as we have a spreadsheet, Marv, bear with us. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, as we've mentioned before on the show, I actually keep a spreadsheet of all of our highest graded sauces as a group. There it is. And I can tell you those for a fact, the three that we've rated highest are the olive tap chocolate raspberry liqueur sauce from the olive tap. Yep. Uh, pick a pepper sauce which is a, an interesting Jamaican sauce we tried. And then the uh, just signature regular Chick-fil-A sauces as of season, as of the end of season one, those are our top three highest rated sauces. Um, now for me personally, 
some of the other ones that I'm a big fan of that uh, aren't in that top three, like I like the Tabasco Chipotle sauce. I love that one. I actually recently was considering ordering a quart of that because <laughs> I like that. And the other one I'm a big fan of is the Nando's Peri Peri sauce. Yep. But uh, what about you guys? Um, one that I think is near the, the top ratings that isn't quite as high. Well, I mean, it did decent on our, our spreadsheet as a, as a whole, but uh, I really like the Sweet Baby Ray's Golden Mustard uh, Barbecue or Golden Barbecue Mustard. I'm not sure exactly how they word it. I think that's right. Sweet Baby Ray's Sweet Golden Mustard Barbecue. So, yeah, that's got to be one of my top ones. We also, uh, yeah, I also really like that Coleman's Hot Mustard. That was really, really delicious, too. So. Yeah, we tried quite some exciting ones. Tor, you got something you would like to add to your top? Oh, yeah. As you're scanning through that spreadsheet there. Uh, I think there's one we got to mention. Yeah. I mean, Lyle's Golden Syrup was was one that popped out to me as, as you're zipping through there. Uh, one that one that was my personal favorite um, was Duke's Mayonnaise. I, uh, I really got a kick out of, out of Duke's Mayonnaise. It's nothing fancy about it. It's just a really well-executed mayonnaise in a nice big jar. It's, it's terrific uh boy yeah and i guess some just have a, a like a flair to them i guess you know like that rico's that that nacho cheese in a can i mean it, it certainly doesn't sound <laughs> it was appealing good. but boy you gotta look at that can and man just get hungry yeah go on louise you wanted to say something have any of you ever tried to make your own mayonnaise i have not no i have never tried I have never, we actually did get into a little bit of a discussion about this the other day, I think on the Duke's Mayo episode, because we were doing a little bit of a deep dive into what it actually takes to make your own mayo. And I was thinking that I don't think any of the three of us said we've ever done it. Although I think we all kind of toyed with the notion. I said my grandmother had on the, on the, on the, on that episode. And um, yeah, I was present, but I wasn't participating. (laughs) But yeah, it's, I don't believe it's terribly hard. So I think it's only what, what do we say? Two or three ingredients? Yeah. What oil, eggs and yeah. salt. Maybe? And I think like a lemon juice or something like that, if you want, but okay. I don't even think that's necessary. Come Louise, how do you make yours? Cause you well, make a homemade. I've actually had to go making it three times lately, um, but you can never get it as white as like Hellman's. Ah, Hmm. And I looked it up on the internet and they basically beat it with an inch of its life, whip it, whip it. <laughs> and I think they use the whole egg as opposed to just um, egg yolks. Ah. But oh. I can, you can never get it like it comes out of the jar. It's never as thick ah, and it never okay. tastes the same, but it's, it's passable. But mm. um, I think it's a work in progress. <laughs> okay. So you're going to do it again then? Probably. Give another spin. Terrific. And uh, yeah, what do you yeah. put into yours? Just you said eggs, um, whole egg. Um, I think there's some white wine vinegar, oil, lots of lots and lots of oil. That's what makes it thick. Right. So okay. lots and lots of oil. Um, what kind? Of, what type of oil? Um, I used olive oil, I think, but I think you can use rapeseed oil, but nothing that's too got too much flavor to it. Gotcha. I think we call um, that canola oil yeah yes is that like corn yeah. oil yeah. yeah kind of yeah, yeah. yeah. okay yeah super duper healthy oil <laughs> yeah, yeah, <the> <laughs> right. yeah. yeah. Right. yeah. okay hey this is brian with concert stamp madis podcast and you're listening to pods like us a great show about other great shows so 
Would you say then that you are, I'm not going to use the phrase I've put on the notes, would you say then that you are source experts or are you working to that sort of level? Uh, that's interesting. You know, I think that we like to take kind of the approach as average Joes. And I think that's kind of how we started off. You know, I try to, we don't, we try to avoid doing a lot of research before the shows because I like any knowledge that we have prior to recording to be kind of like organic knowledge. Um, sometimes we do a little quick research, but we usually try to present that as something that we just learned. And I would say that while we definitely started off as, um, like I said, cooking interests, but not super well-versed in sauces specifically, but I think as time has gone on that we've gotten much more, uh, we've gotten much better at like clarifying the tastes that we're getting, how to, how to go about tasting something with the smells and all that. And picking out notes from them. So I definitely think that while we're still experts, we've gotten much better. Yeah. Dude, just to add on that, I, yeah, expert is a, who that's a tough term, boy. I don't, I don't consider myself an expert in anything, um, anything, but it's, I think the way a sauce is constructed too. I think if you were to take us from when we first started to us now and, and have any one of us name the ingredients, I think right now, even the chemical, even the weird stuff, the xanthan gum, the bang bangs, the, yes. you know, whatever oil or whatever, you know, j- just by looking at it, I think we're, we're, uh, we're better constructors or uh, anthropologists maybe of, of yeah. sauce, if you want to look at it in that way than we yeah. were before. Yeah. Cause that surprised me on that, that last episode, latest episode where you were doing the, uh, the Papa John's uh, uh, garlic, was it special garlic and spicy garlic? And one of you actually guessed that ingredient that you just mentioned. And I was like, how the hell did you know that that was in there? And I remember yeah. one of you actually responded and were like, wow, <laughs> you were actually surprised <laughs> that they caught it out. <laughs> yeah, we've gotten better. Uh, I know, especially with the ingredients, we've definitely got, that's normally Eric's favorite segment, but I know that we've definitely gotten better at identifying those types of things and what affects sometimes some of the more chemically type ones we've we've started to kind of do a little bit of research into what effect those actually have. Yeah. Like my friends are saying here, we've certainly learned as we've gone along, but I don't think any of us would consider ourselves experts. And I don't even think, I don't know if I ever want to be considered really an expert on, on sauces. I like the fact that we come in now, this at a very like average and, and very regional too. You know, I, I've hinted before that, you know, we're from a part of, the United States that really isn't into super hot and super spicy foods necessarily. So yeah, when, when we're saying, Oh my God, the sauce is so hot. I'm, all I can think is, you know, someone from India or someone from even down South is going to be like, that sauce isn't hot, you know, but that, that just, it just proves that that's, you know, our region where we're from and, and our take on it really. So I think if I had to summarize this, what I've heard before is that to be an expert at something, you have to have done it for 10,000 hours. And I will tell you that our podcasts are about an hour long. And so far, we've done a little under 50 of them. So if you want to check up with us in another 9,950 episodes, I'm sure our answer will have changed. <laughs> Just okay. a few years. No big deal. That, that'll be about 30 years, everybody. So we're going to have to, we're gonna <laughs> have to kick up the pace a little bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Two a week. <laughs> oh, dear. Have you tried the, uh, I think I took note of it somewhere. Have you tried the the Bumblefoot sauces, the one by the guitarist that he's done? Because they're all spicy sauces, aren't they? All three of them. I don't think I'm. I don't think I'm familiar with that. Yeah, I can't. No, I've never heard of them. 
I mean, he even does one. I'm sorry for this. Because oh, I've shown you this one earlier on. <laughs> and one of them is actually titled Bumble Fucked. <laughs> Perfect. Well, we'll definitely um, have to get that one on the yeah, show. That one. <laughs> that one. He, because uh, he was a guest on on a show I listened to, the guitarist Bumblefoot, and it's his own sources, and the the host of it just had like a little tiny amount on the on the like the edge of a teaspoon, and that guy, he just was like, they're going. Why this is? I'm sorry. We're going to have to pause while I go and sort this out. Said, oh, that'll be nice. now. It's that spicy. Oh boy. Uh, we've definitely had some moments like that. Tori's generally not a big fan of heat, but he's surprised us before That's at least right. one time. Some sleepers. Yeah, the hello. I forget ghost what pepper, pepper it was. The ghost pepper. Yeah, ghost That's pepper. Right. yeah, it was one of the hotter peppers in the in the echelon. And yeah, it passed my test. I don't yeah, that know was how or why, but. Uh, Eric got those for us. That was Yellow Bird, right? Was Yellow Bird. Mm. What was the country music stars uh, sauce we just tried? John recently? Rich. Oh, John the, Rich. That's right. Oh, I was thinking the Belizean barbacoa. No, <laughs> no you're that's thinking Maya of... Mike. No, right, right, right. Yeah, I'm not sure he he does any music. <laughs> so, would would you say there are any rules then for what you would use as an accompaniment for food? You know how some people will say, "Well, you'll have this with that, and you'll serve that with that." It's almost like you have a white wine with a fish, and you have. So, would you say there's there's rules for that, or do you just eat whatever you want to eat with it and see how it works? Uh, that's an interesting question. I know Eric is our resident chef, so I definitely want him to get some resident some input on that. Uh, uh, well, we, I mean, we started with chicken nuggets uh, pretty exclusively, right? And we wanted to create like a baseline. Like we didn't want to try to deviate too far. I think initially, um, but as as we went on, there are certain sauces that came up, like uh, chocolate raspberry liqueur sauce, that just wouldn't be right on chicken nuggets. Um, so we started to branch out and and come up with a little bit of pairing, but we still try to aim for something that's roughly in the wheelhouse of being a bland base um like a you know breaded chicken nugget is pretty much an even keel very like non not a lot, a lot of flavors introduced to it already you know we don't buy like something that's already pre-seasoned obviously um i think i can't remember what we actually used for the chocolate sauce maybe ice cream crackers oh we did do something no we tried on ice cream. cream later we tried on something else first though marshmallows that might have been it been that could be it yeah, I think I think Eric uh, is spot on there. I think that's kind of the good summary is that generally speaking, like our default is chicken nuggets. If we don't know something else to try it on, because a lot of sauces do go well in chicken nuggets. But if we know that a sauce is specifically made for something else and we have easily enough access to it, like we don't generally cook a full steak dinner if we want to try a steak sauce. But uh, but if they, if we know it's made for something else, we do make some effort to uh, attain that item. So the horseradish, then, would you have that with the, with a with a nice um, bit of beef? Absolutely, yeah. yeah, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, I would have that uh, with some beef. Maybe maybe uh, like a deli sandwich nice. that had, um, maybe even some ham. Maybe like some chipped ham, some baked ham. Some, I could just, uh, I could just see that yellow cheese, some American cheese. Take it. I could just see oh, that. I like some, I can, you know, the pulled, pulled, you know, some beef and some uh, and some mayonnaise. No, not mayonnaise. Some uh, horseradish sauce in there with the beef and. Oh, absolutely! Oh, it's it's pretty dang delicious. Yeah, that's that's good. 
sometimes what we'll do is we'll take a concept like that, like a nice beef pot roast. And instead of going that route, we might get something that's a little bit easier to pick up from the store, like a steakums or something like that, you know, and just to get as close as we can without having to put a ton of effort into it. Because if you start cooking a whole dinner, you know, pretty soon you turn it into a dinner night and you're losing track of the podcasting. So if anybody's interested, they were just watching me on camera wipe my mouth because I was just, I was just salivating at the idea of eating <laughs> that soup. That's why we do our tastings before the show. That way we're, we're good and full on whatever we tried. That's a good, that's a good idea. So talking about the tastings, that, that was another one that was interesting from the most recent one. I mean, so you tried, you tried them close to each other than the, the normal garlic sauce and then the spicy garlic sauce. Do you think the outcome would have been different if you'd have tried them on different days? I, you know, personally, I think, I think, especially for that one, I think so. And I think from a theoretical perspective, ideally, it would always be best to put some time between them. And that's why actually going back to the kind of like the second episode, I think we had maybe even the first one, we started discussing that a little bit. Because if when you do two sauces, it quickly turns into a compare and contrast. And a lot of times we like to evaluate each individual sauce on its own merits. And that becomes more difficult when you taste one right after the other. So I definitely think that that does have an effect. I'd agree. Yep. Fully agree. Yeah. It muddies your, your ability to separate the sauces and judge them individually when you start and just, yeah, as soon as you try to, it just immediately becomes a comparison, even when you try not to. And I know that with that garlic one in particular, Eric, I know that you had said you wished you had tried them the other way around. Yes. Yeah, that was what I was alluding to, because I remember Eric actually saying that on the episode, that he wished he'd tried it the other way, because he thought that one was possibly so strong that it might have carried over to your testing the second one. Right. I was worried that I wasn't picking up the um, garlic notes in the spicy garlic, or I was just worried that like that I tried the, the original garlic special sauce, which was so garlicky that it just destroyed my ability to actually taste the garlic then in the second sauce. I was just like, okay, it tastes a little bit spicier. I don't know. You know, I just, at that point I was too much involved with just both that original sauce and then this new sauce, you know, trying to separate them. It was just difficult. So. Sometimes I do think it can be beneficial. Like I would say probably 70% of our shows we do, we try to just do one sauce. But I remember back, like when we did that redneck Riviera barbecue sauce, I think tasting two next to each other, especially if they're very similar to begin with, that sometimes can be helpful to tell the difference between them because you're tasting them one right next to each other. And those were very similar. Those two. Yeah. Very, very similar. similar. I think if we had tried them on separate days, they, we would have, thought they were exactly the same just about yeah pretty much so it can be good or bad so do you do you have um flavors of dip that you yourselves automatically would go to if you're going out somewhere for like you know for like uh if you go for a pizza is the specific dip that you will go for with a pizza or if the chicken you know if you if you go fried chicken is there something that you'll use as a dip for that are the three specific ones that you would go for uh, Tori, you want to leave with that? Because I think you're probably the most uh, reserved in that aspect, right? Yeah, boy. Uh, a number of things flood to mind. If I 
were to get a good piece of chicken, uh, maybe like a chicken tender or something like that, it would absolutely, well, it got a bit, it depends on the quality of the ranch dressing. If the ranch dressing is a quality ranch dressing, if it's made in house, if it's like a pizza shop type outfit, yeah, hell yeah, I'm there. I don't know. If it's out of a bottle, that's, I don't know, that's questionable. Uh, for pizza, I don't do red sauce on pizza, so it may even have to be ranch again. Um, or maybe even that that spicy Papa John's because that was pretty good. If I happen to be, you know, um, lucky enough to, to get a spicy John's one or a, a spicy Papa John's, excuse me. Ah, oh, boy. Let's You're a big fan of the ranch dressing then, Tori. Yeah, I like it. I like it. I don't eat it a lot. I don't eat it every day. But if I get, say, I don't know, a 10 piece from McDonald's, I'm absolutely getting ranch dressing. I mean, there's, there's no two ways about it or Chick-fil-A for that matter. So yeah, I, I, to answer the question as probably clear as I can, the go-to would, would be ranch. It would, it would depend on the vessel naturally, you know, if it's chicken and biscuits, then it's going to be honey or sausage gravy or, you know, one of those things, you know, it depends on, but Oh, generally speaking, I think it's fair to say ranch is, is the winner. I, I do think ranch has kind of an interesting place. And I know this is a topic of hot debate amongst you and your wife, Tori. Oh, well, I, I know the truth. I just, <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is, I'm, I'm just turning the screws on her just for the sake of doing it. A lot of places like to claim various sauces for their own. A lot of the Southern states claim barbecue sauces and specific styles. A lot of the Midwest states, uh, and I'll kind of tentatively include Pittsburgh in that because Pennsylvania is a long state. So I think geographically it's closer to the Midwest, uh, even though it's technically a new England state, but I digress. My point is I'm getting a lot of Midwest States really like to claim ranch dressing as their own. And I think Pittsburgh is no outlier in that regard. Oh yeah. And there's real no reason for it outside of the fact that, I think a, a, a large swath of people would cons- would be in the same boat as me would say, Oh yeah, I'm grabbing ranch for the pizza and chicken. No question about it. And I think somehow that transformed into, you know, Pittsburgh or some other Midwestern nameless Midwestern city is the home of, of ranch dressing. And that's, that's categorically false, isn't it? I mean, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. That's what I thought. <laughs> So, uh, and then for then, yeah, for me, I, I don't care for ranch really. Um, and, and when I go to, when I'm looking for sauces, honestly, I, I, I like to, when I go out for food, I like to just judge the food on its own. I'm not a huge, like adding sauces to my food. And generally, uh, I, I like to just order something that's well seasoned and well sauced up already. Um, so if I was looking to add something, I always go for something that has bold flavors. I always like the barbecue or a spicy punch on you know, some Thai food or Chinese food that's got some, some extra spice to it. Um, that's, I'm always going for, I like, I like it bold. I like it in, in my face. And uh, I don't know. I don't know about what, why, you know, ranch just doesn't do it for me. Something about that creaminess or something. I, I don't know. Just eh, not, not my sauce. Not for everybody. Yeah. Uh, and for me personally, I'm all about, I like variety. If there's something that's supposed to come with a certain sauce, like say you get prime rib and it's supposed to come with horseradish, that's what I want. And I'm a big fan of if I can have multiples, give me multiples. I want the au jus. I want the horseradish sauce. Uh, If it comes in a creamy, I want creamy. If it comes without a creamy, I want it without creamy too. I want all the sauces. (laughs) So that's, uh, that's me. I like to try. 
I have a bunch at my house. Some are staples, but I like to switch them out pretty often, get a good variety in there. Um, as far as a favorite, I don't know. There's some that are my go-tos. Ketchup obviously is a big one. I'm not as big on the ranch. Uh, and I would say things like Miracle Whip slash Duke's Mayo, which has quickly taken over my life now. Uh, <laughs> those are just old standbys. And then the aforementioned uh, Chipotle Tabasco sauce. I've always got a bottle of that laying around. Hello, everybody. This is Ryan. This is Avery. And we are from the Frame by Frame King Crimson podcast. And you are listening to Pods Like Us. That's good. So um, we've already looked at the history of the show um, and description. I would say that you are a show that it's it's just you're, you're um, taking different sources and condiments each week um, or each episode and you taste test them and decide whether they what 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 the uh, I think it's great because you you talk about the uh, the texture the taste and the look of of the sauce and um, I think that's a good description of the show would you would you say yeah I think that's perfect I think we have a pretty kind of like we have an outline when we start you know of all the different segments that we want to cover that was kind of developed over time but I think that's uh, I think that's a good description you know we get a sauce we taste it. We go through, uh, we'll do our kind of like initial tasting notes. We'll check the ingredients. Uh, we'll eventually, we'll usually go on, if they have a website presence, we try to go on there and check that out. If it has a history, you know, if the sauce is a, an old sauce that has some interesting stuff on Wikipedia, we'll try to bring that up. And then finally, we get around to uh, a rating somewhere between zero and a 10. And uh, other than that, you know, Pretty much everything's up for up for grabs. You know, we have rotating segments that we swing in and out, uh, and they come and go. You know, as the mood pleases. But that's, I think, kind of like the core uh, the core fundamentals of our show. What What do you guys think? No, yeah, I think you nailed it. I think you know, the beginning of the show is just a, always like a little bit of a, an intro, who we are, and, and and what's going on with our lives. Just a little, you know. I don't know what to call it a puff piece, I guess, round table. In the industry or what? what it's do you a round table for, round the, for table, the catch yeah. up with the hosts, catch up with the hosts. So, you know, that's always, you know, kind of fun in the beginning. They like to give me a hard time and, uh, and catch I up with it. your dating life. Yeah, that's right. Tori has some segments that are all his own. Do you want to go into those? The intro and outro, you mean? And the closing thoughts, which you always bring home for us. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I really get a kick out of, um, out of, out of my closing thoughts, uh, you know, they're, they're, of course, they're always towards the end um, of the podcast, but I really get a kick out of, out of doing it. And I really hope if, if someone can listen and one person can take, you know, an inkling or a, or a, a little piece or a thought and, uh, and make them smile or make them think twice, uh, that's that would help me sleep better. The way I kind of think about it is we do our little roundtable to kind of like get the listeners into the spirit of what we're about, you know, get everyone on the same energy as us. And then we go through the show. We do all our things for better or for worse. <laughs> and then Tori is kind of like shutting the book for us. He's, you know, we're taking a deep breath. We're calming back down. We're getting back to reality, you know, kind of like the Zen thing. He gives us a nice little message and then we leave you for the week. Oh, thank you. That's very nice of you to say. So has it changed since you've started or did you have that sort of set up for the show already when you started? Uh, well, and I want you guys' takes on this too, because for me personally, I think that 
a lot. One of the nice things about podcasting is there's not a huge barrier to entry. And to that end, you know, me as someone who likes listening to podcasts, but someone who's never done anything in a professional regard, you know, never worked on radio. I was pretty much winging it. And, uh, I know initially there was a lot of like, we had a couple things in advance, like on paper that we wanted to try to aim for, but I definitely think it took a little while for us to hit our stride and really get in the groove, uh, to cover everything we wanted to cover in the right time span and, you know, get everything, uh, worked out like that. I mean, I don't know. You make it sound like we had a really rough time. I, I think personally, maybe I just have a poor memory. I think we, yeah, uh, that's true. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it's true. So I, th- I feel like we, we settled into our groove pretty quickly. All things considered, um, you know, limiting our sauces, our number of sauces at once that we were trying and, uh, and setting up our structure. I think we, we nailed it pretty quickly with your help there, Adam. Uh, you know, you really are the, you're the circus, uh, circus mas- master. master. Yeah. Yeah. Ringleader, the ringleader. There we there go. There you go. Yeah, I mean, in my opinion, the storyboard, for the most part, has remained just about the same. Uh, so I wouldn't use the word change, per se. I think the word refined might be a better word to yep. use. Um, yeah, I mean, and when I say storyboard, you know, I mean, you know, 30,000 feet, big picture type stuff. Um, yeah, I, I think that has remained pretty constant uh, throughout the, what, last year and, you know, 13 months, whatever. But, um, but yeah, so I think there's a lot of refinement going down, which we, we better, I mean, we've been doing this for a year, a lot of practice and we damn well better be better at it than we were a year ago, but yeah. So I think that shows, you know, I, I certainly think that comes through on, on the program. So there's a huge difference between, you know, Hank's smokehouse BBQ and whatever French fry sauce that was, the uh, you know, 13 months ago, great huge value, difference. great value. That's right. But, you know, I mean, we certainly without our fair share of technical issues, you know, we've had that. We've had, you know, personal things go on, you know, throughout the last 13 months that, um, you know, takes its toll, you know, and, but, um, but throughout all that, you know, it's important to record every Thursday at six o'clock or six 30 or whenever we get together. <laughs> I think that's perfect. Cause I think you're exactly right on that. You know, the kind of the core fundamentals, like we knew before the show started, we wanted to talk about the outside of the bottle, you know, what the sauce looks like. We knew what we wanted to rate it, how we wanted to do our rating scale. Um, but it took us a lot of time to learn things like, you know, Tori's going to do the intro, Tori's going to do the outros now too, which is actually a more recent decision. And, you know, kind of like the finer points and a lot of the segments we kind of come up with on the fly. And then there's all the stuff that doesn't get captured in the show. Like you're saying, all of our, you know, off, off camera laughs, all of our little heart to hearts, you know, stuff like that. All the, all the things that have happened just by coincidence seem to happen during the hour and a half time slot we set a we set aside for recording you know all the craziness that happens then so it's been a wild ride louise wants to jump in right in in britain ketchup is known as the king of the condiments so and in a recent survey 65 percent of brits confessed to having a fridge full of half used condiments have you got any in your fridge oh my god oh yeah <laughs> all of us yeah I, I regularly have to clear the fridge out i'm like i have whole half my fridge is devoted to half empty sauce containers at this point no because doubt. at some point when you're trying one a week it's just the sheer quantity and some of the sauces are so niche that it's hard that like okay maybe they're only good on one thing 
how often do you eat that thing? Mm-hmm. You know? Yep. It was actually really funny. It was just uh, a couple of days ago. I was at my, my day job and I looked at the company fridge and realized that I had put a couple of the sauce spoken sauces in the company <laughs> fridge and there they have stayed and, and I have not missed them. I have plenty of, yeah, plenty of sauce bottles filling up my own fridge at home. And I actually was considering maybe I should move some more to the company fridge. <laughs> Well, I think one of the big problems is that the, the sauce bottles are made for mass amounts of people. So they're made for families, basically, I think. So uh, and the, so then the problem is if you're buying them for yourself or just for yourself as a couple, you and your other half, and you've not got three, four, five, in some cases, six kids, I mean, some of the bottles come in ridiculous sizes. <laughs> and then it says, let's see, you buy them in a ridiculous size and it'll say, Eat within six days of opening or something. Right. You think that's crazy. <laughs> you must eat, eat it within four weeks. It's, it's ridiculous because you think, well, why don't you just do different sizes and do really small ones? Because then that will cut down on the amount of waste that we're all pulling out of the fridges and going, well, that'll go straight into the bin and that'll go into the or wherever. You know, it's just it's ridiculous. And that that's the cause for that, really. Yeah, I think you're spot on with that. And I think the sad reality, as much as we hate to hate to hate to do it and hate to admit it that i think we've thrown away more sauces than most people have ever purchased yeah that's pretty fair probably and some are just downright bad i mean <laughs> let, let's be fair here i mean some of you just don't want to eat they're, they're bad they're not good and yeah i don't want this in my house so i mean it i don't think it's a it's a wasteful for the sake of being wasteful it's that this is gonna rot in my home if i don't get rid of it it's, it's usually the dirt cheap ones yeah. Not always, not always. Oh, that's, yeah, good point. It's, not it's funny because a lot of the times at the end of the show, we'll try to decide who's going to take the sauce home with them. And sometimes we downright fight over them. And sometimes we fight over trying to pawn them off on yeah. someone. Who so take them and who has to take it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you put me off now. Let's go to something. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'll let Louise take over because she's she wants to do another question. Sure. This is just a, a fun thing. Can anybody name the um, hottest sauce in the world? I'm going to take a stab and say Dave's Insanity Sauce. I've heard that's pretty wild. Yeah, that would have been my guess. That's I feel a total like, stab in the dark. Yeah, I feel like that's probably not right, but that would be my guess because I can't think of what it would Dude, be. I don't know what else. What it might be. I would I would guess a region. I would guess it would be out of like uh, Vietnam maybe or somewhere like some kind mm-hmm. of like, yeah, they have really hot sauces over there. What is the answer? Mad Dog 357 Plutonium Number 9 with Whoa. 9 million Scoville hotness units. <laughs> Wow. You know, I actually, I have heard of Mad Dog before. I can't recall if I've heard of that one specifically, but I, I've heard of them in reference to hot sauces. The plutonium isotope. No, I think I'll <laughs> pass on that one, Louise. Thank you. I'm going to need yes. lots of ranch dressing for that job. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you know where it's from, Louise? Uh, no, I actually pulled that information off the internet. But okay. no, I don't well, so we can look up on our own. <laughs> <laughs> It is, and we'll make sure that there's an ambulance close by for when you do the testing. <laughs> I'll be absent on that recording, I think. Yeah, it's tricky when we're picking sauces because we do try to pick sauces that are, like I said, we try to appeal to the average Joe. So we try to pick sauces that the average person could tolerate. And sometimes we'll break off of that just to punish ourselves. But by and large, that's what we're aiming for. Hey, it's Gil from the Mind Podcast. 
today's Mind Culture and Social Podcast. And you're listening to Pods Like Us. But now I've remembered what I was going to say. I was going to suggest that one of these days, instead of throwing away all the the empties, you could always, as a one-off, do... Uh, I don't know how easy this would be for you to do, but do one where you're actually in somewhere special and do a, do a live recording with a group of people where all of them test them together. You know, we have kind of toyed with that notion, not exactly in that format, but I know at least we've discussed the idea of doing a larger group tasting kind of like that. The issue that we generally run into, despite what you would think, a lot of times the expirations are sooner than you would expect from a sauce, especially if it has a lot of preservatives. A lot of the stuff expires too quickly for us to hold it in bunches. Hmm. Yeah. That pickup of a sauce with no preservatives, that goes pretty quick. Yeah. It's true. So that can be a little bit of a trick at times. You know, some we've had times when we've tasted sauces that were expired just because we bought them a couple months ago and they expired before it was, uh, it felt right for us to get around to them. Okay. So how do you record your show and then edit it? If you do edit it, I mean, well, I'm guessing that you do edit it. Yeah, we do. Despite, uh, despite how it may sound at times, we actually do a pretty good amount of editing. And uh, that's actually one of the kind of key things that it was an interesting adjustment because from like, I know Tori working in radio, everything is highly produced. Whereas podcasts, you have as much leeway uh, for content as you want. So and that was a little bit of an adjustment that uh, that I know Tori had to make. And I think Eric, to some extent, is you don't have to edit as much. And to that extent, uh, I try to leave. Uh, I, I do most of the editing. Tori's done some as well. But I know I try to leave as much of the content that we produce in the podcast as possible. And typically, the things that I cut out are things like if someone has to sneeze or cough or there's some other minor sound gaffes or maybe there's a a sentence that doesn't really go anywhere and make any sense. But by and large, I try to keep 97% of what we record in there. And my philosophy on that is we spent the time to sit down there and record it. And I don't want to have to throw that away. And uh, that's kind of my philosophy on it. Yeah, that sort of leads into something I was thinking earlier on and didn't mention, which was that um, possibly that's, I'm guessing that that's probably got easier over time where you've you've become more relaxed maybe and you're more used to be, you're more natural with each other, should we say, I'm guessing, where when you first do something like this, it's almost like you're trying to be natural, but you're aware of the fact that you're making a podcast, whereas eventually over time, it becomes natural and it's just like ah, podcast, podcast, whatever. Let's just have a good, let's just have fun together. So over the time you've got used to being more fun and you've, you've just let things be more relaxed. And that's why the show is, I mean, has it got more easy to edit because of that? I definitely think that when we first started, there was a lot of that awkwardness around there. The the microphones, despite the fact that they're not that big, they are an immense barrier to your true personality sometimes. And we had a little bit of trouble getting through that. I know maybe not Tori as much, but I think Eric definitely had some issues. I with think that. just a couple episodes ago, Adam, you were making fun of me for being all panicked and <laughs> and and talking real fast because yeah, I was it searching for up. words. You know, it, it happens still to to me. So yeah, I'm 
I'm more comfortable, but certainly not. Uh, I'm not an expert at podcast or, or speaking. <laughs> the, period. The flow has definitely gotten better. Like we don't have to move segments around as much. Like the the we all know the order everything goes in now. That's pretty much by rote. And like I said, most of the edits we have to make are minor little, you know, sounds and things like that. Uh, but we also do tend to have uh, pre-recording. We'll have like some little editor's notes. And I think pretty much every week we have some discussion on how we can improve uh, to make it easier for editing things of that nature, because we do record uh, on a single track. I know you'd asked a little bit of that from a technical perspective. Um, so the microphones we use are all their Behringer uh, XM 8,500. So not pretty entry-level mic. And we also have a Behringer mixer here and Typically, when we record, we record into a program called Hindenburg, yep. uh, which I, I like that one specifically because it does an auto leveling feature that I find helps us sound better for whatever reason. And then, but actually, when I do the editing, typically I actually import that into Audacity, which is a free program. And I've had great success uh, doing a lot of editing and noise removal and things like that just through that. I have to admit, as it, when it comes to our format, I always think it's fun when we have a guest on and see how much how much they throw Adam through a loop or throw us through a loop when they uh, when they mess up our our normal flow. <laughs> but that's just a side note. Yeah, that that can be a trick from the editing perspective. Is sometimes if people aren't as familiar with our podcast, and I do, we do try to keep the segments in roughly the same order. Sometimes I try to give the guests a little bit of an overview beforehand of the run of the show, but sometimes they jump the gun or they don't get the cue, you know? So sometimes we have to make a little minor edits, but between the three of us, I think we've got that at least down pat. Yeah. I agree. Definitely. So when you've had guests, have they always been online or have you actually had guests in person with you there in the studio in well, where you are? Uh, Tori typically arranges, arranges a lot of our guests and has most, he's kind of like our social media manager. So I'll let him kind of take the lead on that. Yeah, we've we've done it all, Mar. We've uh, we've had people online. A good friend of ours, uh, another podcaster. I think he's on YouTube only. His name is Ollie. He has a spoken mess. We've had him on the show. That's the fellow that sent us the sauces uh, from the United Kingdom. The Daddy's Brown and um, Nando's and Nando's. And, that's right. Uh, the HP sauce. That's right. That's yes. right. Yeah. So uh, so yeah. So he's a good friend of the show. We've had him on remotely. And the vast, vast majority of the other guests have been in person. I'm going to have to listen to the archive and see what you said about those British sources. Please do. We yeah. were favorable, I think, for the most part. Spoiler yeah, part. alert. Daddy's was, well, yeah, I won't spoil it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Agent Scott. And I'm Cam the Provocateur. And we're from the Spy Hards podcast. That's right. And you are listening to Pods Like Us, the podcast that also has the Midas touch. So how were you all introduced to podcasting then in the first place? You know, what was your introduction to podcasts? You know, do you, are the ones that, that you listened to yourself that, that you really loved and that's what got you interested in the, in the podcasting world? Uh, I'll let, I'll start with Tori and you guys can work towards me because I'm going to have the longest answer to this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think, but yeah, the, my short answer for this is going to be the, the fellow to, to my right, Adam. Um, 
yeah, he, he was, he was the biggest driver in podcast. I made mention, I was sort of a, a noob coming into it. I spoke to this fella, this, uh, this, this Ollie from a spoken mess and, uh, and he, and he got me into podcasting. That's, that's of course with Adam as well, but, uh, but I listened to, uh, to his probably more so than, than any, probably even more than, than our own. What about and, you, Eric? And I, you know, I, I knew of podcasts when I was in college. So back in 2008 or so, I had some friends who were really into podcasts and I listened to some of theirs a little bit. Uh, that's back when they were pretty, I'd say, exclusively on iTunes, I think. Um, and, but it never really took hold, I guess. I never really followed anyone in particular. I'd hear a podcast here or there and in, in, in accompaniment of others. Um, when Adam mentioned the idea of doing a podcast, I started to see what was out there again. Um, I stumbled across Anthropocene. I think I'm saying that right. Anthropocene. Anthropocene yeah. Um, which is a neat podcast. Uh, very scripted, though. It's uh, an author, John Green, who writes up these great little like essays and then he reads them, but they're really good. And um, I don't know, I listened to a couple like Small Town Mist. I think what Small Town Murder, Adam? Yeah, Small Town Murder. Your Thunder there. That's one of yours that you suggested. And my sister listens to um, That's Why We Drink which I started listening to. So, you know, a few. Yeah, I would say for me, uh, I, I mean, I definitely have the most extensive background with podcasts, uh, at least from a listening perspective of all the three of us. And that, like I said, I'm the one that kind of got them more into them, I would say. For me personally, I think uh, the first one I ever really listened to fully was The Dollop, which is a kind of a comedical American history podcast. and. I used to listen to that on like long drives and it was difficult at that time because that was before there was a lot of major streaming platforms. So you had to go to like their website and listen to their back catalog through that. And it was a little tricky trying to play it through the phone, but that was kind of how I started out. And then eventually I got a job where it was very easy for me to listen to podcasts at work all day. So at that point I just started binging pretty much anything of interest that I could get my hands on. Um, I know I, I listened to a lot of podcasts that I like could learn from, or that I thought were funny or that interested me. And sometimes all, all the above, um, some of the kind of, I mean, I could go on for a day about that, but I know some popular ones like reply all is a big one. I've listened to their whole back catalog, um, Doughboys, who I think that, you know, if you wanted to make kind of a comparison, you know, we have at least. I'm not saying we're nearly as professional as they are, but I would say that we're kind of like stylistically a lot, a lot alike with them. Um, small town murder that Eric had mentioned. Um, I listened to like some NPR podcasts, uh, Freakonomics, Darknet Diaries is one that I was binging on last year, uh, which is kind of like an internet, uh, uh, internet and software technology type podcast. Um, and another one that I am a big fan of is Astonishing Legends, which is kind of like a supernatural type podcast. Uh, but like I said, I could go on for, you know, 20 of those. I listen to a ton, pretty much good portion of my day at work. <laughs> okay, so um, I, I think the logo that you've got for your show is really good. So I, I, did, did somebody actually do that logo for you or was that something that one of you came up with? Uh, so that was a little bit of a collaboration as well, because I know we talked a lot about that initially and how we wanted to handle that. And 
I think I'm trying to remember. I know it was a collaboration between all three of us. And I kind of came up with like a rough outline of something. And then we actually got a person on Fiverr to do kind of like a final design for us. And uh, a couple little back and forth tweaks between all of us. And we eventually got that looking the way we wanted it. And he came up with kind of like our default uh, logo that we use most of the time. However, since then, Eric, one of his uh, responsibilities for the podcast is he's kind of like our logo modifier slash designer. So he comes up with all the custom variations. And I, I don't know if you want to talk about that, Eric. Um, you know, it's just, yeah, just better shop. And, and luckily we had a really good yeah designer uh, who started off on a great platform, a great base. And uh, I just go from there. He was kind enough to provide us with the Photoshop files after designing that initial logo for us. And yeah, I just hop in there and what are some of the variations you do? Switch out. Well, I've done a Fourth of July and I've done um, holidays. Remember. Yeah, Christmas. Uh, yeah, the Christmas right. one was. Yeah, really there's nice. the neon one and the neon one. Yeah, yep. go in there and I play with the RBG values and whatnot and just yep. you know, make a couple it look different. Fun. Yeah, so that's uh, that was kind of nice because we got the quick and dirty, got one rolled out, but now Eric can make us any variation on that that we want. Stay tuned for the Halloween special. Initially, kind of the idea there was that, yeah, yeah, Halloween coming up soon. Initially, the idea was, you know, we wanted something. I wanted text that was big enough to read because that's always a pet peeve of mine when you see the little thumbnail and you can't read the name. And on top of that, you know, I thought the red and the yellow specifically were like those hungry colors that people think of, you know. So that was kind of some of the thought process behind that. Yeah, and, and the fact that it's and the fact that it's dripping as well that that adds to it as well. That's a great yeah. effect. So, what so you must use then a podcasting service that lets you change your logo for each episode separately if you want to. Because I mean, my, mine that I use, I can't do that. I have just have one logo, and it's got to stay there for for the entirety of existence. Yeah. So through our hosting provider, which is Libsyn, which is one of the bigger uh, hosting providers, they will allow you to kind of just do like a default one, but they'll also allow you to go in and do like episode specific ones. Um, so they handle like the RSS feed and all that. And, but they allow a pretty high degree of customization through their, uh, through their hosting service. So that's uh, one of the benefits that we have is that we could hypothetically and if Eric was willing, you know, we could change our, our artwork every episode, but it's really nice to do thematic ones for like the holidays and special occasions and stuff. Yeah, so how do, how do you, um, the, um, the, the, I mean, you've, you've got, you've got music for your show, haven't you? I'm sure, I'm sure if I remember right correctly. Yep. And and that's so the music and any potential sound effects, if ever you use them, how do you get all of those? And how do you edit those in? Sure. So I initially purchased, it's actually three tracks that we own uh, royalty free. And I purchased those through, I think that might've been on Fiverr as well, if I'm not mistaken. I, I'm not 100% sure about that. I can't remember exactly, but I know that it was a three track package of kind of the style of music that we liked uh, for, you know, something kind of lo-fi is what we were kind of interested in. And uh, we got those and what we do is we kind of cut those up and use various segments. So it's only three tracks, but we use, we use the different segments in under different sections of our show. So we get a pretty good amount of use out of them. 
And sometimes we'll even do a little uh, customization on the tracks themselves, like under the new outro that we just came out with. Um, that's actually just a recut of that music that I did specifically just for the outro. Hmm. Okay. And Adam, where do you get your, uh, the fun sound effects? Oh, uh, there's lots of free sound effects online. Some of those I've made through like a little, uh, just a, a basically a, like a, I think it's like, like a Google app or something like that. It's just a little Google music maker. I make some cheesy ones. And also I've just found some other free goofy sound effects to throw in there because I like to keep it light and kind of cheesy and goofy and we don't have a big sound effects budget. So if it's free, that's better for us. <laughs> Who does? Who does? Hey there, this is Bobby with the Rock Guys podcast, and you are listening to Marv Smooth on the Pods Like Us podcast. Check him out. What advice would you give to people starting a podcast for the first time? Uh, what do you guys think? Have someone like Adam in your corner. <laughs> <laughs> Come on yeah, now. Right. A lot of research, obviously, I think, as as Adam, you know, has definitely put into how to build this and then and then, you know, making smart decisions based on, uh, you know, for the, the microphones and the setup and the, the mixer and everything. I think aiming for a low but professional is, is probably like a good place to to be at. I think, you know, I, I, I don't really agree with the people who are just like. I don't know, jumping in and, and the sound, the audio quality is all off and everything, you know, that's, it's hard to listen to if the, if the audio is bad. So, which we improved on that is. too. We did not start off amazing. No, so. we didn't, but we, we got by episode seven or eight, I'd say we got it right. pretty well figured out. So um, yeah, I mean, everyone has to have a starting point, but I think have a good goal in mind is certainly a big part of it. Have, and have a good goal of where you want to be and, and listening to other professional podcasters to get a good gauge of where you want to be and what format you want to follow and all that. So Tori, what do you think? Wow. Boy. Yeah. You said it, man. I don't know if I can elaborate any better than that, but yeah, I mean, if I'm incredibly lucky because I, you know, I feel, you know, as if we got the design guy, we got the technical guy and we got the guy that can talk, you know, the, the, the bullshitter, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> so all three of us, we have, you know, qualities that aren't necessarily exclusive, but I think stand out in each and every one of us. So, I mean, we hit it lucky. I know that's far from advice. Um, that's a shitty answer to your question, but boy, I guess, yeah, just keep an open mind. Would probably something that I probably struggled with probably more than, than most. And, um, oh man. Yeah. You, you nailed it. Ah, oh, boy. Ah, oh, boy. Uh, Flow. Flow is important. Yeah, keep find the flow. flow. Yeah, here I am screwing the flow up. And how, <laughs> how, how important flow is, of course, naturally. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, the open mind. It's o it's okay to learn. You know, it's okay to admit if something if someone's better at something than you may be. You know, I think it's a humbling experience, and uh, maybe be prepared to be humbled. And that's and that's okay too. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. But uh, but yeah, I think that's that's probably the best advice I could give. Yeah, I think it's interesting because I think that a lot of people, when they first get the idea of doing a podcast, especially if they're not people who are like audio engineers or that familiar with that, they view the equipment and the setup as the like the technical stuff. They view that as the hard part. And I really don't think that's the hard part. I mean, throughout the show, that's been one of the most minor points that we have issues with. We've had a couple little goofs and gaffes, you know, with technical issues. 
But I think by and large, uh, a couple of the key factors, if I had to summarize, uh, one, I think if you want to be good at podcasting, I do think it helps to have listened to a lot of podcasts or have someone in your uh, group that has, because there's lots of things that you learn and pick up. And I think there's benefits from having people that aren't as experienced because they bring a new perspective. But I think it's also good to know what type of things work well, what things don't work well, what you can do, what you can't do, uh, and kind of know the unspoken rules of podcasting. And I think that's thing one. Uh, Thing two, I think, is setting yourself up with a routine. I think one of the key things that people like is they expect your podcast to come out with regularity, whether that's once a month, whether that's every six months or whether that's, you know, once a day, the key is you want to hit that. You don't want to be the person who's like, Hey guys, you feel like doing a podcast this week. Oh, you don't. Okay. Well, three weeks later, maybe we'll put one out because listeners need that routine. They need that regularity. I think part of that is you need to pick a day that's good and free from distractions. You need to all agree to stick to that. And to kind of keep with that. And I think that keeps you on track and keeps you successful for longer. I think the people that don't do that end up falling apart after, you know, they might make it through a dozen episodes or so. But I think after that, life gets in the way if you don't make your priorities straight and it gets it gets hard and it doesn't work. And I think that leads into the third point, which I think is the most key is you have to choose your people wisely, which I think is what Tori kind of keyed onto there because you have to have, it's helpful to have a good blend of talents Uh, There's going to have to be some hard conversations. So you have to have people that are able to tolerate that. And you have to have people that you can rely on because it's no good if you set up your whole format of your show after having three hosts and one of them decides they don't want to do that anymore. They don't like, they can't show up or they have some other thing, you know, that conflicts with that, you know? So I think it's really, that's the most key thing is that if you're going to have multiple people, uh, you need to be able to trust those people. And I think that if you don't have multiple people, you have to be your own kind of like, uh, you have to be that kind of person that forces yourself to go to the gym, even when you don't want to, because there's no one else there counting on you. So it becomes that much easier to uh, just let it go. You know, no one's relying on you. So I think you have to be disciplined and you have to choose other disciplined people to do it with you if you want other people. I think it helps as well because you three are individual. And I think that's a good thing with shows that have more than one presenter, whereas they're all individual. So sometimes you three will talk about something and you'll have different opinions. When, when you do the ratings, for instance, one of you will rate something a lot higher than the other two. But I think that's what makes it interesting for people listening because then they're getting three points of view and they can use that to then make their own decision on whether they're going to try that product out for themselves. I view it as a success when we don't agree because exactly like you're saying, A, I think that makes it significantly more interesting than when we all just repeat the same thing. And um, B, like you said, I think it gives a definitely a, a wider mix of perspectives and appeals to a wider range of people that way. Yeah, bad sauces quite frequently make for better content. <laughs> That's true. So I was just thinking earlier on, have you got a website then, or are you thinking about having a website where you're going to put all these these statistics that you're getting for these sources? 
we are so glad you asked, Mark. <laughs> Delighted you asked. Of course, we have a website. And I'm gonna let I'm gonna let Adam take the reins here and go nuts because I can't remember it at the moment. Yeah, so we do have a, a website, and it's just sauce spoken at wordpress.com. Uh, wordpress.com. Excuse me. And uh, that's the key part there. It's a free WordPress website. You know, sue me. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, <laughs> yes, we do actually. We keep. Uh, some show notes that one of Eric's uh, responsibilities is he actually creates the show notes, which isn't a transcription, uh, but he can talk more about that. But we also keep, like I mentioned, having a spreadsheet. We list every sauce that we've ever tasted, ranked high to low for flavor, as well as the ones that is applicable for heat. We keep those on there as well. Um, we have other contact information on there. We have some of other um providers, places you can go on there. Most of that's in the contact section. Um, but we make it our business to be on as many different listening platforms as I can find. If we're not on one, it's only because I'm not aware of its existence. Uh, and as far as that goes, the other key thing I want Tori to talk about is our Instagram account. And um, I think those are our key ones. We do have a Twitter. We don't really use it. Uh, we have an email address, which is sawspoken at gmail.com. But uh, before I get any deeper into that, Eric, do you want to lead us off and tell us like some, uh, what can people expect from the show notes on the on the website? Yeah, I, I wonder if people think our show notes are kind of goofy because um, they, they kind of are. But um, I just try to pull up, you know, when we make a reference to a movie or a song or a particular meme or something, uh, I just try and go out there and I, I grab that image and I try and put it in fairly structured chronological order as we go through the um, episode. So or if there's pictures we need a reference to because you can't see anything. Right, right. We reference ah, yeah, pictures. Yeah. So exactly. It gives a little bit of supplemental kind of data to the show, actually, which is kind of neat. Um, I put your recipes on there. Uh, right. Recipes are listed on there. When we take a hard stance on something, I fact check myself uh, or ourselves. You know, <laughs> Usually <so> me. <laughs> go ahead. My eyes just lit up when you said you've got recipes on your website. <laughs> oh, don't get too excited. We don't have we don't have recipes. We have recipes because generally speaking, <laughs> generally speaking, we have a little fun segment of the show that I like to spring on Eric once in a while, which I I make him create usually a sauce. Spur of the moment. I yeah, spur of the moment, no preparation, and I give him some very interesting parameters. So whatever combination he comes up with, I like to post onto the website in case any listeners want to attempt to replicate whatever he has produced. I'll definitely not be that, checking that out. Yeah, not oh, that we would recommend do. it. Though, not on every episode, <laughs> but <laughs> when they come up, they're unique. <laughs> right, just, just to tear, tear back the curtain a little bit for the listeners. Uh, we are going to actually all record a special bonus uh, episode for you all that's coming after this a few days later. Cool. So do you want to tell everybody about your Instagram and where else they can find you? Of course, you know, we're on Instagram. It sounds like everyone has an Instagram. So uh, go on there and see us. All those links that Adam mentioned, they are in our link tree. You know, where the floozies keep their OnlyFans links and, you know, otherwise <laughs> unsavory websites not us of course no we have links to various listening platforms spotify itunes stitcher and of course the website so um if you didn't catch the url before you can find it on there and of course we like to take silly pictures and we keep everyone up to date with the visual representation 
of the sauce we'll be trying on that day. We try to have a little bit of fun on that Instagram and we meet really nice people. We, we meet fellows like you, Marv. We meet this, this alley guy. We were talking to a, another podcaster from in, uh, in North Carolina. He was a really nice guy. He's really willing to help and support. So uh, we love to see you. We love interacting with you on, uh, on Instagram. So if you find there and you stumble across us, say hello because we love to see you that's soft spoken official right that's soft spoken official at instagram thank you e. i got all hyped up i forgot <laughs> on twitter it's just source spoken i think yep yep, yep. that's correct. correct like i said we don't normally use a twitter that much uh the instagram is much more active that's the place to go it is uh but before we do the sign off properly you guys need to uh meet with the guys from our cynic culture they do a taste testing show as well. And I think you guys would absolutely get on with each other very well. Okay, cool. That sounds terrific. Yeah, that yeah sounds send, send some details over. I will do. I'll, uh, I'll connect you, you guys to them. Uh, before need to do a crossover, <laughs> won't it? I've hey, actually listened cool. to um, a podcast called uh, Gastropod. And it's really fascinating because it, it tells you all about the history of food and how it originates. And um, there was one about the history of garlic oh. and all the terrible meals at the White House. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's, know, that's worth the listen. That's really good. It's interesting. One quick addendum, because you had talked about uh, what it takes to make a podcast. And I think that's one of the things is picking a niche subject. Mm. And I couldn't find anyone else that was doing, you know, sauce reviews. I think that was one of the key things I tried, you know, I, I wanted to make sure that we weren't going into something that was too, you know, saturated, but couldn't find it. So, but those are good suggestions. Yeah. I think our cynic culture, I think they do mainly alcohol and occasionally go into other areas, but mostly it's like whiskeys and usually very expensive alcohol. I wouldn't say that like 150 to 250 dollars a bottle and that's yes. too expensive for my taste yeah right we're rich <laughs> well, one well, of sounds is, good one of them is a professor so ah okay very good excellent i i actually um don't eat i haven't eaten meat for 30 years and i make a, a veggie meatloaf hmm. and normally you put tomato ketchup in in it and i thought I'll, i'm a big experimenter with food so i love cooking and baking i'm really big on experimenting so i decided to put some sort of smoky barbecue um sauce instead and it was a winner oh yeah i could see that being yeah, really definitely. good mm-hmm. and we had one with um bourbon bourbon yeah you've put some of my jack daniels in there before now yeah, yeah. Nice. it's like a bour- <laughs> is it bourbon or bourbon um bourbon sauce uh whiskey sort of sauce um in it as well and it really worked that sounds good yeah excellent that's yeah that's great there's actually a Jack Daniels um, sauce here in the States. I don't know if you have it over there in the UK, but yeah. No, we didn't make, no. Yeah. Mm. Yep. But it sounds like you made it yourself. So, you know, excellent. Yeah. <laughs> sounds like something for the future. Send us one and we'll do, we'll do a crossover where, where we do the All test right. with you for that one. I think that sounds like a great idea. Yeah, we could do that. That'd be fun. Yeah. That's a great idea. So anyway, thank you. And thank you everybody for listening. And hope you listen again to another episode of Pods Like Us.
I don't think they can hear you. Oh, I'm sorry. I had my volume down a little bit. I can hear you now. All right. Okay. You are a little bit uh, quiet. Let me see if I can adjust that really quicker. Eventually, I'll buy a desk, and then I can turn the volume up on everything. Then. I think. Can you guys hear okay? Yeah. I think we're okay. I think we can hear you all right. You're just a little bit quieter than I would prefer, but I think definitely still. Uh, I think we can definitely still hear you. I don't know how to turn the volume up um, because I haven't got a. Um, I haven't got a control for the volume on this microphone, and I've got on Zoom. I've got it at top volume. Oh no! I think you. I think you'll be okay. Yeah, I can hear you. We can yeah. hear you. We can definitely hear you enough to hear uh, to hear you. So that's good to know. That's good. Yeah, I was trying to get all my all the logistics uh, arranged here because you know normally we just do a, a pretty basic recording here through my laptop, but now I've got you on. You're you're playing through. We're looking at a TV. I have you hooked up to a webcam, but we're still going through oh, yeah. our microphones. So I'm hoping that all works well. Okay. Okay. It's good. So I've got my other half at the side of me. But, um, she doesn't want to be in on the camera. <laughs> Shy. Yeah, camera's not usually where we're at either, but eh, never going to make it roll. You're a star, E. <laughs> He's a star already. The nerd palace is now going to be officially <laughs> captured. Well, because of difficult difficulty with signals, I normally don't have camera because it stretches the signal a bit too much. Ah, yeah, we don't have to, too. We could turn them off. I just thought it might be easier. Uh, I know sometimes the only other time we've done uh, uh, an interview like this, we had video on just so we could kind of see facial expressions, too, to help us kind of like gauge, uh, you know, to to bridge a little bit of the the barrier that you lose from being in the room together. So. That's true. That's true. I mean, I'm hoping that where we move to next, we'll get better signals and then it'll be a lot better for recording. Hopefully. Gotcha. You can hear us all okay, though, right? Oh, yeah. I can hear you three really clearly. I mean, good. Okay. Perfect. Yeah, I want to make sure you could hear us all well, make sure I hadn't bumped anything. So that's good. I'm guessing that you three are going through a, uh, through a sound mixer of some sort. Yeah, uh, we have a mixer. So we've got the microphones hooked up to a mixer, and then there's a USB uh, audio codec that goes into the laptop. I was, If that didn't work out, I was just going to record through our webcam, but this seems to be working. So, Okay, this seems to be working, isn't it? so we'll keep going for now. If we start to get any signal trouble, then we'll, we'll revert back to, video, to, to audio because I only put out sound uh, audio podcast anyway for this show. Yeah. Yeah, we do too. We we put our stuff on YouTube, but it's all just with a blank image, a still image, and uh, just our audio. Yeah, and I get different audio as well. So I get audio for myself, and then I get separate audio for you for, for you three as a separate file as well. Okay, cool. And then I use that to to mix rather than have a mix of all of them together, because I can Makes change sense. the levels yeah. accordingly as well. Yeah, the last time that we did something like that, that's what we did too, except for just the inverse because. Uh, we were the ones recording and we had someone else actually they long story, but it worked out <laughs> a little complicated. I like to overcomplicate things. So <laughs> actually I won't bother with the first surnames. I'll just go Adam, Tori and Eric. Cause I know that from listening to the show. Yeah. That's what we, we don't typically do last names just cause I thought it was already confusing enough to have 
like in an audio format to have three guys talking that all you know have distinct enough voices but i thought that'd be tricky if we're throwing a lot of names around so yeah if you're looking at new jersey i think it's fair to say new jersey looks like a like a kidney bean you know or like sort of bean shaped you know so if uh, on the interior of the bean you know that you got pennsylvania you got a horn of pennsylvania and go on the clear on the other side is a big rectangle and uh and then you'll find us in pittsburgh if that's helpful at all, probably not. I can see why you started the show now, just with that description of, of, of New Jersey. It's vivid, I mean, yeah, isn't yeah, it? I mean, kidney beans. So, so what would you dip New Jersey into then if you're eating it? Well, I'm not a real big fan of beans, personally. Oh, that's right. You don't like beans. Yeah, I don't. I don't care for for uh, for beans. I, I like beans. beans. And chili. Beans and chili. I was gonna say chili would probably be my yeah. go to for me. Some kidney beans. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not a bean man. I, um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, not my thing uh, from a from a I GI like standpoint. Eric likes them too. He's being shy. Yeah, I do enjoy them too. <laughs> I said that. I said yeah. I like tacos. Yeah, I was going to say actually, they're, they're good if they're mixed with other things in a taco, a decent taco. Agreed. Okay. Well done, you. Louise came up with those surprise pages. Well yeah. done, Louise. <laughs> You're too distant away from the microphone, but thank you, she says. There we go. There we go. If we pop that there, we can actually have a microphone between us. Okay. What a cute. Yes. Yeah. My wife's middle name is Louise. That's cool. Yeah, it's a cool name. It is. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Just a shame that everybody quotes. Um, footloose when they think of the name louise oh really hmm. she got the name from little women uh louisa may alcott hmm. yeah didn't know that your, fast fact for you. Film, isn't it, huh? yeah you like the winona rider version if i get it right i've never seen chick flick Atonement yeah. or something like I'm that. Yeah. Occasionally, if you want to participate, you can. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's get this uh, show on the road then, shall we? Cool. Cool. Okay. So, anyway, here we go. How was that for the main show? That was that was very that fun. was great. That was yeah. great. That yeah. was fun. Yeah. Thanks so much for having us on. That was really cool. Thanks for staying up so late on your your end. Yeah, that's true. I'm a, I'm a night shift worker, as I'm sure you've noticed from, well, Tori will have noticed from all the posts I put up all night when I'm at work. Yeah. Gotcha. What, uh, what do you keep secure over there? Um, I drive around in a van to go and do site checks of all sorts of businesses uh, and residential properties as well. Um, and, and I do call-outs for intruder alarms, fire alarms, uh, even elevator alarms as well. I've had to get people out of elevators before now, and oh, wow. <laughs> cool. you know, which is different. So yeah, that's what I do all night for 13 hours a night, listening to podcasts in vans. <laughs> yeah, I know that was a game changer for me with the podcast. When I finally got a job where I could listen to podcasts, I was like, oh, this is cool. I mean, you can learn things, you can entertain yourself. It's great. Yeah, and you can make new friends. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Absolutely, definitely. <laughs> 